Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to season two of Tiger's Talk Rugby. Uh, before we get started, once again, I would like to thank Tiger Vision for providing us with the facilities and equipment. We are still set up in their studio, and we love being here, and we love having them support our podcast. So on that note, I'm Ethan Richards. And I'm CJ Bakel, as always. And, and today... We have friend of the show, big big fan of him, big fan of his work. You know, junior, uh, Clemson rugby scrum half, probably one of the greatest athletes on the pitch. His <laughs> name is not not Tyler Doolittle. And this is Tigers Talk Rugby. I'm glad to be here. It's good to be back. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's it been a, it's been a couple months, but we're, we're happy to have you back on. Man, moving straight from the World Cup. Ryan, the Six Nations coming soon. What an exciting time. What an exciting year for rugby. Yeah. Well, do you know of any exciting news as of recently? Oh, man. <laughs> that, I know. know. See, he, Tyler's been talking about Finn Russell a lot today. So Let's talk about Finn Russell. Yeah. Oh. What a – honestly, I see it, uh, it like as an absolute win. <laughs> as, as an, an absolute England win. Fan. From an England fan, <laughs> absolute win. Okay, Tyler, why don't no, you give um, us a uh, fan of Scotland? It hurts. Yeah. Tyler, why don't you give a little bit of background what happened with Finn Russell? <laughs> Scotland training camp starting up, you know, for Six Nations. They open against Ireland coming up soon. So they get to uh, the training camp, and Finn Russell decides to go out for a drink like anyone could, you know. That's what they do. Uh, he ends up drinking a little bit too much. Apparently he ended up going back to his parents' house after his night of drinking. Uh, there's multiple staff reported that said, hey, man, maybe you should stop drinking. And he did not. He refused. Um, and then he missed uh, the first day. He missed a Monday uh, training session. So um, as sensible as any coach would, I mean, you got to – even if it's a player that you rely on as heavily as Finn Russell, I mean, he is Scotland's fly half. Without Finn Russell, oh, I don't know what this team is going to look like. Going it's going to be a different team. It's going to be different. And it's going to um, be a different attack structure, truly. But – I mean, you just can't let players like that get away with stuff like that because it means it opens up the floodgates for other players potentially in that position. Yeah. And uh, so they respond and said, okay, well, you're not going to be selected for the opener against Ireland, which I think is reasonable. I do too. I, I, I agree. Like I, I say jokingly that it's an absolute win. Um, but for, for me as a perspective in terms of like how I view respecting an organization – that you are participating for and competing for and working your absolute hardest to be representing. Mm. Like, taking these kind of actions and setting yourself up for failure is not something that should be taken lightly. It's not fair to his teammates at all. They were there. They were working hard, and it just, he didn't show up. Like, he could do that, and, I mean... Rugby is like, a game of respect. You can't, you can't just treat your teammates. You're letting your teammates know. When absolutely. You do that. It's just showing them that they don't mean as much to you as you mean to them. You mean you're, it, Finn Russell is kind of saying like, oh, I can make plenty of money, you know, living and working in Paris. Okay, cool. I don't need to, I don't need to work with you guys anymore. Yeah. You know, screw Scotland. So after learning that, he decided to fly back to Paris, where he's currently playing, and. Um, 
I mean, so the head coach, she said, okay, we'd love to still have you at the training camp. I mean, you're not going to be selected, but we still want you here to help our team prepare, which, I mean, I think you should, even if you're not going to be selected. I mean, it's for your country. Yeah. And he decided to go back to Paris. I think it's still up in the air the last time I saw whether or not he'll be returning still. Um, Scotland's head coach has said it's still open if he decides to come back for the rest of the Six Nations. Just for right now, through this Ireland opener, Ben Russell will not be uh, with Scotland. My question is, is do you think he's at a point in his like perspective where he is done playing international rugby? No, he's so how old is he? Like he's he's not not an, I would not consider him an old guard player. No, he's 27 years yeah, old. He's 27 but, years old, so he definitely isn't in the position to be like, you know what, I'm going to quit international rugby but or like, I'm going to retire from international rugby because he could definitely have another World Cup, uh, you know, either one or maybe two World Cup, um, you know, rotations under his belt. At that age. He, after. Could, he could squeeze yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely possible. So, like, why would you – you're kind of, like, cutting off, you know, any future – you know, relationships with the Scottish Rugby Union right now. But, like, and like, I'm not saying that, like, he's not good enough or he's past oh, his prime no. or anything no, like no, no, that. No, no. I, I'm just saying, as a person, do you think he there's things we don't know behind the scenes of his relationship with Scotland Rugby that, like, could have brought him to this point where he's like, I don't care to be a part of this organization anymore yeah that's i mean it's possible but that's just very much an internal affair that we won't know definitively until somebody blabs about somebody it's true i just thought like maybe because i personally i don't see a player who's as prominent in a international program such as his relationship with scotland international rugby at this point in time do something this like extreme and this destructive of his own international career without other things that have built up to it. I mean, like CJ said, there could be, and I mean, they obviously it's all speculation. probably don't want to report on that. They probably want to keep that quiet. I mean, oh, absolutely. Don't want the media to know that. So we may not know until after the Six Nations. We may not know until after this uh, regime of coaching is even out of Scotland. Um, but I mean, I could, I definitely see where you're coming from. I still think what it comes down to, I mean, you're there to play for your country. And if you had problems with the coaching, I feel like you'd be more vocal about it and True. still want to compete. So I'm still going to have to say, I think it's not the right move. And I think it's disrespectful to. Oh, I, whole I, I 100% agree that it's disrespectful and that it wasn't the right way to handle the situation. But I just thought I would play devil's advocate in a way and and maybe there's more to the situation that is that not we being, actually know about uh advertised and and all that sort of so uh moving on from the uh news with scotland and and finn and we're to gonna move to a neighboring country yeah um in big premiership news uh the saracens are relegated They'll be back really soon, but it, it is going to be a weird year without them and premiership. They're missing a whole lot of talent. Um, with that being said, even though premiership will be missing a lot of talent, they deserve it. 
Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's cheating. It's cheating. It's a scandal. They cheated. Um, it's ah, it's big, big news. And, like, you say they'll be back very soon, but they have to prove that they end up, like, when they move down into the lower league, they have to prove that they are going to be under their salary cap rele- like regulations for at least two years. Like they're they're not. It's not going to be like a oh they'll be back after next season sort of thing. Like there there's going to be time. Mm, I like, think they'll be back after next season. I they have. I mean they have because to they prove they can that they will consistently stay under the salary cap. Yeah, but that's when it comes to players. But they can also throw money at other things like coaching. That's true. And like. I, I don't know if it's – I know it's in soccer, but I don't know if it's in rugby, but like the loan system where you could be like, oh, okay, we'll give this there player to that, another yeah. team and for like a year or two, and then we can have them back. So like the guys like Maro Atoje and the Vonopolas, you could be like, okay, these guys are asking for a lot of money, so let's say we'll, we'll, we'll loan them out to Leicester. Okay, Leicester's not doing really well in the premiership right now. Let's, you know, let's let them out to Leicester. Leicester, you can have them for a year so that you guys don't, you know, get relegated. You can stay up in the tables and stuff like that and then come back. Or, like, maybe stay in the mid-table and then come back and play for Saracens the year after that. But even then, if they keep all of this intense, high-cost talent at Saracens, even if they loan out these players, say, they're still under their salary cap. They're not going to be able to maintain the roster that they currently have. Yeah. Even even when they move down, they because they have to they have to lose the salaries. They have to cut their payments. It's it's no matter what they do, it they're not going to be the same Saracens that they are now that is getting relegated. Do you think with this you could see some of the Saracen players uh, making Jumping that ship. big move to France that a Ooh, lot of players are doing nowadays? That's a good I, point, actually. I could. Instead I don't I don't know how intense that will be. I don't think it'll be a wave of Saracens players leaving and going to play in France where salary is but a number um, in comparison. But I I see it as something that will cause a shift in the conversation of premiership salaries. I just want to say one thing. Yeah. If... Um there's anybody who's an MLR executive listening right now, and there's any money in MLR, because I know you guys are able to pull up Ma Nanu and you know Matteo Passaro. <laughs> Pick up some of these guys from Saracens, okay? I, uh, I, would, I would like listen. Like that would be pretty sweet. Like what if uh, it may maybe not the big name guys, but like some of the guys who you know maybe get paid a little more extra. Just like Mario Toji. Uh, oh, no. just you know what I mean? Just casual. No. You know, just be like, yo, I want to make the jump to America. You know, play some ball. You know, play some rugby, ball out, and then come back and play in England. I'm just saying, if you're an MLR executive, I would be uh, flaunting my, uh, you know, be recruiting as much as I can over at the Saracens. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't see. I don't see. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you compare it to the NFL, which is what in the U- United States is the prominent. Sports the league. number one sports I, I'd right. say the number one sports Yeah, the yeah. number one Pretty sports Pretty confidently. Yeah. yeah. Um, you – I don't see a lot of, like, brand-based 
players as much in terms of like franchise you, players fran yeah, yeah like franchised players oh you mean like players who like will stay brady. with the team and stay with the team for their entire career right like a, so tom, like a tom brady, brady right, or, or, like, or like arguably Aaron like rogers Drew yeah, Brees, yeah arguably yeah like fitzgerald yeah like yeah. those sorts of players i don't i don't feel like i see that as often as it used to be as it used to be for and and then like I don't I want to see if current rugby prominence mm -hmm. of play, like and players are going to be committed to the franchise and the club that they've contracted with or if they will do jump ship and and do that sort of action like go to go to where money is I mean I think in France that's it's going to start to shift towards that you already saw it in New Zealand I mean, it, you saw it in the whole Southern Hemisphere is the big exodus to France. Um, mm -hmm. And even now, I mean, one of my – I go for the Hurricanes when it comes to Super Rugby. Uh -huh. And Bowdoin Barrett is now at the Blues, which I never thought would ever be possible. Um, but he ended up leaving, and people are going to make that jump. And you can get so much more money in France. Why not? This is – you only have X amount of years to play rugby, and you need after that – I mean, Shoot, you, that's your career. Even that's like, you, not even just jumping teams from, uh, you know, Southern Hemisphere to Northern Hemisphere, but like, look at some of these players like Sonny Bill Williams used to play for the Blues, and now he jumped and he's going to go play for the Toronto Wolf Pack in, you know, rugby league, not rugby union. Like, yeah, yeah I see what you guys are saying that, the, like, yeah, that loyalty isn't as, uh, as prominent in sports. Yeah, I don't feel like I see it as intently at the club professional level right um obviously international is a little bit different but uh so a kind of a, a I, I feel like this gets to the question of do you think world rugby should step in about france's salary s stance i mean what are what would they tell them that's, yeah, that's, like that's the, the only they thing. Like, what can you do? They can't really like, force them. To no, like, you can't pay your players this amount of money. I mean, you already what you've seen is other countries putting limitations now on um, players that move internationally on how much they can actually play for their own country. I think you've seen that. Uh, mm -hmm. What was it? Wales, I think, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm totally mistaken, but players that choose to play for like France and a France league have it's tougher for them to play for their own country. Actually, yeah. I think it's X amount. I may be completely mistaken, but well, the reason why I was I was asking this question is because uh, what happens to world rugby when the bulk of strong rugby talent like converges to one league and leaves the rest of rugby around the like the world at a lower level. Well, because I mean, isn't that higher level of rugby supposed to be the international rugby scene? Well, then it, you're just making it as if it's like super team rugby, right? So you can look over in France and like, holy crap, these these super teams, which it would be interesting to see. Like, who doesn't want to see you know the best of the best of the best play against each other in a team? You know, see for me that's but what like, watching international rugby is. Yeah, but that's like, why I wanted to ask this question: is is uh, if this exodus continues and shifts and 
develops in other countries or other regions of the world where they're all moving to France to play, what happens to rugby in the rest of the world? Does it make it worse? Do they have to step up their game? Do they release their salary caps or increase their salary caps? Or, or what, what would need to change is basically what I'm getting to. I'm, I'm talking That's in a very dynamic I mean, environment right there. For me, it's kind of it's the salary caps. It's the money. I mean, you yeah. think it all comes down to the money? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you have a place that's willing to offer you, you know, twice as much to play for them, it's really hard to. It's really hard to pass that. Pass up. that down when yeah. you know that your career is on a time limit. You know. Yeah. You only have X amount of years. You have to make as much money as you can before that's you're done, fair. Before you're expired. So. Yeah. I just wanted to play a little bit of devil's advocate Again. in this in this concept. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. In in the concept of like going back, like if the Saracens, iconic, frankly insane roster, starts jumping ship to France, is uh, uh, do you think other clubs have, would have players that follow? They would see, oh, this is this is. Oh, you mean like other English clubs, or are yeah, you just yeah. saying? Oh yeah, other uh, English clubs yeah. with other well, I mean, why phenomenal not? players. Like, I mean, if I the money's there and they want those players, then I don't see why not. I mean, I wouldn't call it following because players have already been doing this. Yeah, so I think they just Saracens players would be following a trend, and I mean, you may see more players doing it. I'm the star players; they're probably making more of that salary cap, and Premiership teams besides the Saracens are playing by the rules and maintaining that salary cap. So it really depends on. You'd hope. You'd hope <laughs> the caliber of player. I, I mean, Finn Russell, I know, plays for France, or a France team, so. Everybody uh, plays in France now. Everyone plays in France now. No, not quite. No. But, um, yeah. It's starting to look like it. So I was just, uh, I mean, although on the other side of the coin, which is going to push our conversation to another topic. Whoa. Um, Segway. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. Um, you do have some of the older guard players and some of the players who are now retiring from international play moving to the MLR. It's mm-hmm. fun, but I, I don't know wait. how big of a fan I am of it. Yeah. It, it scares me a little bit because it makes me feel like MLR could go down the path of being treated like a retirement plan for international players and not as a way to expand rugby. North American rugby. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what MLS did. That's exactly. Like, like, MLS brings over, like, old ex-stars that aren't good enough to stay where they are, but they're great when they come over here because they're better than most of Yeah, but better than anybody so, else. So you're concerned with the lack of grassroots rugby development? I'm afraid that that's the path that we could go down. I mean, right mm-hmm. now, there's not – it's not like an overwhelming – I mean – if you look at most of the MLR teams, I mean, I've, I know people that have played in the D1A college that are now playing for MLR teams. It's good to see that. But it just makes me a little bit nervous to see big-name European and uh, players kind of coming over here and probably getting paid way more than... I mean, I wouldn't mind it, I wouldn't mind it if, like, the, the road that they're taking is they're going to take all these big-name players to promote the branding of MLR across the world. So they say, getting the, ma- the, the Bastaros, the Matiras, the, uh, the uh, Fodens, and the Nanus, you bring them over, because like, everybody knows that, right? Yeah. Everybody knows rugby around the world knows those guys. 
and then you blow up the, the league over here, make it more marketable, more brandable to like rugby around the world, and then just maybe that's how they influence money, and that's how they build up like cash, and then that, I guess that you know, marketability and that brand building could then you know, trickle down and so work to the grassroots style what and I'm help seeing. bring up some of the American talent. That's, I think, what they're trying to go for. So what I'm hearing is two perspectives that have a more pessimistic, to be honest, perspective. Slippery slope. Yeah, very it's a very slippery slope. slope versus yeah. a more optimistic view of how the league will grow. So what I'm hearing is both are, are seeing this in, in front of you, and one is saying that the MLR will lose sight of one of the goals of American rugby and, and growth in American rugby and USA rugby as a whole, while the other one will take that growth that it's currently building through bringing in international talent to bring in the money to then put it back in and, and kind of circle back around while one of, one of your ideas, which is Tyler's, is gonna just shoot off into a, almost a loose track in comparison to what the growth of rugby in the United States I mean, we don't know. is with the development. Uh, we don't, but, but it's interesting to see that, like, like, it's good that people out there like you exist, CJ, who are very optimistic in how the MLR will grow in the United States in terms of their rugby success and their rugby uh, support and, and, and all that. And then it's also comforting to know that there are those rugby passionate supporters who are going to be critical on something like the development of a professional league in the United States because people like that are the ones who will remind the MLR that that they're like of of part of their purpose. And I mean, so right now, obviously, that's in the future. And I mean, like we said, say that's a little bit of a slippery slope. But right now, I think, just in the current, it's good. Like you have these international stars that have been in the game for a long time that can really be a, like a leader, you know, in the locker room, a leader out on the field, and give these North American guys just some guidance and mm -hmm. improve their rugby IQ immensely. But, I mean, it just makes me nervous that, you know, there is that slippery slope where it could just turn into, you know, retirement plans for yeah. ex-European players. But I will say one thing. I'm really, really excited to go watch uh, Ben Foden and Bastereau play against oh. Rugby ATL when, yeah. uh, when your Tigers talk crew will <laughs> be there. Yeah, we're going to head down to uh, watch the ATL rugby match. Uh, against Rooney. Rooney. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tyler, I see you're motioning towards me. Am like, I am I, am I going? Am I um, you're welcome to join us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've I, been looking into tickets and, and all that. I can't tell you just how excited it makes me to have an MLR team in Atlanta. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so great. After pro rugby just being pretty much completely on the West Coast. And, yeah. And just seeing it expand over here on the East Coast, you know, New York, D.C., Atlanta. And then I know there's more expansion teams coming. Um, it's just, man, it's great to see. I and, love and it. And now of this upcoming season, like with Atlanta and uh, Old Glory, you also got uh, the Free Jacks. Mm -hmm. And, and, free Jacks and it's legitimately they because so so looking into our MLR uh, 
like preseason overview and our season outlook, you now have legitimately an Eastern division. Like it is split East exactly. and West now. And that's, I'm so happy about that. But the big thing is that the East and West are pretty well split in terms of talent too. Agreed. Because like the last year, it was like, okay, it's basically San Diego and Seattle versus everybody else yeah. in terms of talent. I mean, New Orleans did have a pretty good run at the beginning of the season last year, but in terms of talent, it was those two and then everybody else. But now you see, like, Rooney's got talent. Atlanta's got all those uh, life guys who, you know, have a lot of chemistry and uh, been playing together. You know, Old Glory's been bringing over some other. I was about to say, The Beast is now The at Beast at his Old Glory. Oh, and, like, Dylan, uh, Dylan Takaito Simpson, who was formerly of Colorado Raptors, is now playing for them. Like, they got a lot of talent. And uh, like shout Toronto. out to Jason Dom at Atlanta. Yeah, shout out to Jason <laughs> Dom, obviously MVP. Um, uh, you know, Toronto, the Arrows, they have a lot of Canadian talent. Like, it looks good. I cannot wait. It's going to be very soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready to see what MLR provides for this, uh, <coughs> this season. So uh, on that note, speaking of what is provided to us with the MLR season, I'm going to put you both on the spot here with something that I didn't tell you to plan for. Um, oh, boy. I want oh, no. to hear at for us. this current point, who do you think will end up on top? With what you know currently oh. entering Oh, I thought you were going to give us season. a wild card. No, like a complete no, I'm, wild not gonna, card. I'm not that This, this, is, this will be easy. You yeah. first, obviously. So, so who oh, do me you first, think? Yeah. Obviously, this is actually a really tough because last year I got it completely wrong. I did not think that Seattle was going to win it two years in a row, and then yeah. they went ahead and did that. Um, <laughs> did it pretty handily, yeah. too. I. This is tough because some of these teams now, like DC has the beast. Yeah. You've got to love and, the beast. And uh, Rooney, obviously they have. Bastero. Bastero and Foden. Gosh. It's uh, – it's, Awesome. Okay. How about how about this? How about this? First, we'll say who do you think is gonna win the East? Who do you think is gonna win the West? Mm. We'll we'll start with that in particular. Oh. And I, then I we'll move it. on who who do you believe is gonna win it all. Oh, I think I got Which it. Which is obviously gonna bring it to one of those two. No, I got it. I'm gonna I go for a <laughs> easy. I think old glory. Whoa. Is gonna win the year. What? Yeah, I'm going for that. That's that's my hot take. Okay. And then I think, West. I think. I think that's pretty legit. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that a little bit real quick. Old Glory. I mean, they're tied in with Scotland Rugby. We were talking about earlier. Oh, true. And so they have a support have system a yeah. that has been partnered with them for literally the last year, mm. while they've been developing, building their way into playing in the MLR this season. So. I see where you're coming from in that stance. Yeah. So, so what about the West? What about the West? See, I really want the Raptors. I think Raptors are my oh, favorite yeah, like out a, West. But I think for no in particular reason, we want the Raptors to win. <laughs> uh, no bias in that one. But yeah. I mean, I just to me it looks like Seattle's just gonna win again. I don't know. They're just an MLR powerhouse now. They're starting the dynasty <laughs> right at the beginning. <clears throat> So I think I'm going to go with uh, Seattle and Old Glory. Okay. Those are my two. That's your two. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and who who do you think would win 
that match say, at no. this point when when you look at those two teams this is going to be completely based off of not east coast bias, bias like at all but for glory <laughs> oh okay yeah no east coast bias, i just want so. none i want Ogilvy not at all that's who i'm rooting for that's yeah. i'm gonna support them yeah. okay for, for me seattle's kind of the villain of the mlr yeah I don't and, want them to win. And after after the expansion draft and after the end of season changes that have been going on with all of the programs, frankly, um, I don't think Seattle will be at the same level of competition that they were last year. I think they will because I don't think they will have the cohesiveness that they had. I don't think it's going to maintain because of they had players taken from them in the expansion draft and because players move and shift around and coaching staff changes, I think that they will not be what they were. Ready for my take? Yes. Let's, go. Let's hear it. So Fresh, fresh. The e this is what's going to happen. All right. The Eastern Conference will be dominated by one team. And one team. They will start. They will start off slow. They will start off slow. I will say this: they first four weeks of the season, they will not be playing fresh. They will be trying to gain ground. They will be trying to find their image. Mm -hmm. But the last twelve weeks of the season, they will be the hottest team World in sports. Cup. It'll be Rugby United New York. Wow! Yep. Big shocker here from CJ Rooney Bakel. Are you wearing your Rooney shirt right now? No, I am not actually. No? Okay. He does. <laughs> but anyway, he wears quite a bit. They, they were, they will be. I think they'll win the East. Okay. All right. Now that. the West. Man, we are a different not going story. for Atlanta. I want Atlanta to win. Oh, I, I want to say that. <laughs> I'm going for Atlanta. Will be my team. But anyway. But I yeah. don't think they're going to win. The West. The West will be a hard-fought, grueling matchup between two big rivals in in Western Conference rugby. San Diego versus Seattle. They will be battling for the top of the, the top seed the entire year. And it will come down to the last week, the, the last week of the season, in even the semifinals between wow. them two. And I think San Diego is going to beat oh. Seattle solely because it's like a chip on their shoulder. They're mad from last week. They think that they should have won. They're going to be like, okay, we're going to be the big bad boys in this league. They're going to be like the evil guy. Like, they're going to be the guys who are like, they're going to win dirty and they're going to win tough. And they're going to end up being the champions of it all. Interesting. Okay. I think San so, Diego is going to come in with like pure rage and like emotion. So what I really love about this conversation at this point <coughs> is we have four teams selected from like winning the East and winning the West and then winning it all. Mm -hmm. um, which actually you never stated. Who, who yeah, I said you, San Diego. You did? San you Diego confirmed? will win it all. Okay. Um, they, will, so they will be playing with pure rage and emotion. Okay. So we have four teams out of the, what is it, total 12, yeah, that, that you guys have predicted to either win their conference or win it all. I just feel like for some reason I'm going to be completely wrong. <laughs> like you always are, right? Dang. Oh, Actually, he had the, the most right on the uh, World Cup prediction. World but Cup. Japan. So. I predicted not, Japan. Though. Oh, my gosh. You predicted. I predicted the winner <laughs> of the I whole thing. I hate you thing. for that. Um, okay. So, for me, <laughs> just saying so um, I'm going to a bit of, you know, I want to, like, cover the same bases as you. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to go into much detail since both of you pretty much covered it pretty well. I think it'll be a battle in the West between San Diego and Seattle uh, again. Yeah. 
Although I also see um, a team like Glendale that can has shown up in the first season and not necessarily as prominent in the last uh, to continue pushing uh, through um, to maybe surprise us. And then on the East, I'm much more obligated and willing to say, uh, let's go Atlanta rugby. I want to um, say let's go Atlanta rugby. I just have this feeling. I don't know if just because Atlanta sports just lets me down, you know? The curse of Atlanta sports. So funny. I do um, like it, though. I The curse. Honestly, sports. like, I the Falcons couldn't do it. Rugby ATL can't do it. Wow. Um, that's a bold statement. The Braves couldn't do it either. <laughs> One thing we didn't touch on was NOLA. Oh. Neither oh, wow. of you spoke of NOLA. Well, I mean, they and had a great start of the season last year, but. They were hot, hot, hot. They right. also became and a hot mess. Not, not, like. not. But um, I, like, I think this year, knowing where they were when they were hot and where they, now looking back in hindsight, where they were when they were not, um, <laughs> yes, they, they can correct those errors and potentially come out and dominate those. <laughs> because they are also one of the, well, really, they are the oldest team on the Eastern Conference. They are. Yeah, yeah. So, so they have more experience in this league. Also true. I see them potentially being a big threat in the East. Mm. Okay. Okay. You, you wow. don't seem too convinced. You don't, yeah, I was about to say, CJ, the look you're giving me right now is just, like, wrong. CJ is 100% Rooney right now. Well, it's, I think it on. There is no doubt. You mean 110 well, well, see, we, we didn't even talk about Mine's Toronto, Rudy. okay? So, like, That's honestly, true. Toronto could Jacks. do it. I, I don't know anything about the Free Jacks. But, <laughs> like, Tor- I mean, Toronto. So, I, I guess you make a good point about New Orleans, but, okay. This um, is going to be a fun season. Now, uh, now that we've covered that, now I want the biggest on the spot. Who do you think is going to be most improved? The most – no, 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 the most disappointing oh. in the entirety of the league. We did this for the World Cup, so I thought I might as well throw this out here. Like, do you if see I'm a team that – I said Scotland, correct? And you did. They turned out to be the, the most, most disappointing. <laughs> But yeah, so I want to I want to hear Bad what difference. your thoughts are on who do you think the most disappointing Major League Rugby team will be. Am I going first? Yeah, you're going sure. first. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to say it, but I just feel it deep down. I've already talked about it. It's just the curse of Atlanta. I feel like it's gonna be Rugby Atlanta. Dang, that's that's harsh. It's harsh. Uh, do you, so why? Do you, is it because Jason, they're new to the league? Um, is it because they're new to the league? Really, like genuinely. It's just, uh, it's just a gut. It's feeling. a gut it's, feeling. It's not you, you based on have, fact. It's okay, not. cool. Well, I then I have no respect for your decision. <laughs> no, um, honestly, I want to be wrong. I, I, it's just a deep gut feeling. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to be wrong. After you've been betrayed by the uh, Atlanta Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, okay. So, what about you, CJ? I that's a tough question. It is a tough question. The most disappointing team going into this. Okay, season. which team do you think has the most hype? Mm. Uh, the most hype around it. I'd say I would say it's like, I would, I would say Seattle. Seattle probably has the most. They hype. have sold. They've consistently sold out their games for the last few seasons. They have won 
two in a row. All right. I think that they are the most hyped team coming in. Here's okay. This might, I know this seems like a little strange. I'm going to say it, it's actually going to be Seattle. That's going to be the most disappointing team. But for this is my reasoning. Okay. Like as in, no, as in they're like everybody's going to have the expectation like oh they're going to be in the final or potentially win the final and go for a three peat right. Mm -hmm. So when they don't do it this year, which I think they won't, stop the dynasty. Then it'll be disappointing that everybody's going to be like oh okay. It's like ah like that's a little disappointing. You know what I mean? It's not it's I'll not solely good. that they're going to completely gonna fall off. They're it's not going to be bad. Like they're not going to be trash. But like they might lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. So like if they were to lose in the first round of the playoffs, that means then, you're, then, also, you're I, also see, stating that they're not going to be number one seed. Yeah. Because so, number one seeds have the bye in the first round. So that's, this is where so I'm so saying. So, like, look at the, Patri like the yeah. New England Patriots, right? Everybody was expecting them to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And they're probably the most disappointing NFL team because they lost in the first round of the wild card. Yeah. So this is that's this is what I'm saying. I'm being saying almost the exact same thing for Seattle. Okay. Interesting. Like that's they, everybody cool. has the expectation of them being a dynasty, and then they failed. Speaking of the Patriots and speaking oh. of dynasties, uh, we're gonna push this conversation once more. A little bit more of a lighthearted um, conversation. So, well, yeah, yeah. Because um, I feel like we we covered with good intensity our perspectives on Major League Rugby, and I forced predictions out of you guys that I know you guys didn't want to make. <laughs> I do want to say, I feel like I'm in the same vein with Rugby Atlanta. It's not that I don't think they're going to be bad. I just want them to be better. And I feel like they're not going to be where I want them to be. Okay. So we're going to have an extra coming out um, this upcoming Super Bowl time frame. Because uh, in the U.S., that's uh, the biggest sports event yeah. yearly, easily. Um, so we're going to release a little segment where Tyler and CJ will be making their rosters, quote-unquote, or just taking a couple of rugby players and seeing how, what position they feel like they would fit in and be the best player from the Six Nations to play in a football team. So, like, everybody heard about Christian Wade, you know, coming over as a rugby player and playing, uh, you know, football, you know, American football for a little bit. So we're going to do, yeah, basically pick something our... Something similar. Something similar. We're going to pick... You know, our best our, or whatever players that we think will fit the best into certain positions in American football. Yeah, and so you'll be getting a little bit of a surprise from us later Later this, so I guess, a bit in the cycle between this, this podcast and the next. So on that note, um, I think it's a good time to wrap up. Um, it's been a great conversation. I feel like we covered a lot of hot topics and points. Um, Tyler, uh, thank you again for coming and joining us. Always. Thank you for having me. It's always yeah. a great time. Yeah, well, we love having you. you. You're one of the best people to talk rugby with in, in oh, my, my site. That touches my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So um, I'm Ethan Richards. And I'm CJ Bakel. And this. Oh, wait, guys. We forgot to say one thing. Oh. Go watch some rugby. <laughs> Go watch some rugby, guys. And if you are in the uh, Clemson area, Clemson will be taking on Georgia Tech. Small plug for uh, me and Tyler over here. Yeah. You know, Clemson will be taking on Georgia Tech. So if you're in the Clemson area and you want to watch some uh, college rugby, 12 or at Come on out. 1 p.m., Clemson will be facing Georgia Tech at the pier at Clemson. So. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can get a couple interviews with some of the players. Yeah, maybe we will. 
um, on-field interviews like we did last time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, once again, I'm Ethan Richards. I'm CJ Bakel. And this was another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby.